Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. It's going to be incredible. My name's Jerome. If I haven't met you yet, I'm the lead pastor here, and I'm married to an amazing woman named Crystal, and I far exceeded my punt coverage on that one. She's way outside my league, and we have five kids, and we birthed City Life three years ago, but not because of what God was doing in us. It was what God was doing in us together. We're a team. We're in this thing together, and the whole point of leadership is to empower people to to activate what's already in them. And so to start off today, I want to do something that's, you just, you might not know what this is, but ladies and gentlemen, this is a football. Vince Lombardi, when he took over the head coaching position for the Green Bay Packers, They were a losing team in the NFL, and here he is, the new head coach in a room full of grown men, NFL players, who've devoted their life to this profession, and he walks in and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. Because what he knew was you got to go back to the basics sometimes and start as simple as this is a football in order to get where we need to go. I think sometimes with God as Christians, we think, oh, I've graduated the basics. Oh, I kind of know that. There's so much beauty in simplicity. And what we find is everything that's true about God, there's a simple expression and there's a very complex depth that's infinite that we can look at forever and ever and ever. And that's what we're going to do today. We're going to give an overview of material that we developed out of a need to see people grow beyond a a moment because we want something that's going to sustain past a Sunday experience. I know we all do. You came, you woke up here. We want to be refreshed, recharged. We're here. You're in the right place. And, And, but we want it to sustain. We don't want to have a garden that we have for a moment and then come back and there's a bunch of weeds. We want some raspberries that are ripe and ready. I've always wanted a raspberry bush. One day it'll happen. But I want to make this growth in here able to withstand any storm that life brings because God's worth all of our attention and all of our devotion, and he's given us a roadmap. So let's pray, and then we're going to go through the roots this morning. Jesus, thank you for the opportunity to gather today. God, will you take our soil, take our lives Help us see the areas we need to work for growth, to be strong, to last, to withstand, be focused beyond anything life throws at us, that today is a new day for motivation and energy. And in this place is greatness. I pray that each person believes they are great and loved by God himself. In Jesus' name, have your way. Amen. 
The roots get rooted. After the music stops, after the sermon, what's next? Get rooted, growth. And as we think about it, if you were to watch a tree grow, it takes some time to actually see it grow. You come back years later and it's obvious the growth, but if you watch it day by day, it's not easiest to, to see. We've got to be patient with ourselves of growth in Christ because sometimes our growth curve looks like this. And the whole goal would be that we would hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. So how do we do that? We have to abide. we got to stay home. we got to let the Lord keep teaching us and correcting us. And this material was developed with a heartbeat as a guide, a tool, not the tool, but that these fundamental realities in people's lives are manifested qualities that Jesus followers have. No matter where you go, we should feel and see these things. But it is not a checklist. It is not rules. It is not some game plan that's step by step. It is more a systematic yet organic approach to how we can look at following Jesus. So if you're here today, and you're like, mm, I would love some structure. Good news. We're going to give you some structure. But if you're here today and you're looking for a checklist, well, bad news, because we're going to give you a little bit of organic uh, activity for you to go cook on your own, work on your own soil. Cool? So root one is seed. We're going to talk about understanding salvation, do a little 30,000-foot overview. All of this material is free on GetRooted.org. It's also in the app, and you can read it and access that at any given time. And it is basic with the ability to go as deep as we want. And that's up to us because the Father's always looking to pour out his depth. Number two, source, understanding the nutrients needed that it's all in Jesus through Bible, prayer, and worship. Number three, the community, the church. Four, fruit. How does this Jesus thing manifest? Number five, tending. Because I cleaned my garden once, but yet it needs upkeep. And number six, I need a mentor. I need somebody that I can follow. And then root seven, to reproduce that it is bigger than us. Let's enter in root one. As we do. I want to tell you about um, the family I married into. My wife and her brothers, they're first generation born in the States. Their parents are born in Mexico, and they relocated. Uh, Crystal was born in Florida, Belle Glade, and they do big farming down there. And her family still farms down there to this day. We got the opportunity a couple years ago to go visit the family, and I went with my father-in-law on a little farming trip to just show you what the family's doing, and here's the gringo in the truck, and we're going out for the farming experience. And, and I, I, I'm not, I don't begin to understand all of the agricultural terms, so I'm not going to say that. I'm, I haven't never farmed, but, but I've observed how this impacts my Christianity, and I can understand that when Jesus talked about agricultural terms in illustrative ways, comparative to you and me growing that it is so beautiful watching nature grow because that's exactly what needs to take place in me. And so when we got there, the soil was so rich. I mean, deep, dark black. And this is in, um, where there's sugarcane farming done down there. And uh, the particular farms we were looking at was radishes and cabbage. And as far as you could see, land was so flat. Unlike farming here in the Midwest, it was so flat. 
soil completely black, and then you would drive all the way in the middle of these fields. You couldn't hear uh, any buildings. I mean, there was even the winds not hitting a tree. It was serene, very sobering, yet peaceful. But yet when you got in the middle of the farming, there's nothing behind you, there's nothing to the right of you, but there's 11 workers right in the middle of it harvesting all day. Bow, bow, bow. And then there's a porta party because they're just a porta potty. They're just bow, working, working, working so that me and you can eat. And I thought, that is just like growth in Christ. It's so beautiful, looks amazing, it's peaceful, it's so serene. But there's a lot of work that has to take place for us to grow. So I know sometimes we come to church and we want all the heavy lifting to be done, but it's not. It's a beautiful relationship and a journey. And so let's unpack some of that. Route one is it is fundamental to understand salvation, what it means to be saved. The seed that Jesus buried his life to die so that me and you could have life. Romans 5, 18 and 19. Yes, Adam's one sin brings condemnation for everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. That means by one person's mistake, me and you were all in trouble, but because of one person's obedience, Jesus, we all have the opportunity for new life. So the whole idea when somebody says, well, I could never um, I could never go to church because that place will burn up. They don't know what I've done. Well, you and me, we're all in the same boat apart from Christ. To understand salvation, I've used this illustration before, that it's like drowning in the middle of the ocean and someone gives you a life raft, but that's a poor illustration. It's really like being dead in the middle of the ocean at the bottom of it unable to make yourself right. And there's a rescue unit sent from heaven to come down, find you in the abyss, like just so deep, this bottomless pit, if you will, in the ocean and find you there and then give you life and resurrect you. And then you're brand new and you got a second chance, like Captain America stuff or something. And then in that moment, like we're saved. I was dead and now I'm alive. And then another illustration is that because of my sin, your sin, we're guilty when we stand before God. As if we committed a crime that is just in punishment of a life sentence or multiple life sentences. And when you go stand before the judge knowing you're guilty, I mean, you're shaking. Like, you're not getting out. Come on. Like, <laughs> And then somebody comes and steps in and says, I'll take their punishment. I'll serve the sentence for them. Well, why would you do that? because I love them and they're gonna have freedom while I pay the price. And as we look at the cross, not only has the price been paid, but victory has been displayed. The greatest display of victory of all time. Jesus punked out darkness. I mean, punked it out. Any rulers and dark places and evil little warlords and lowercase g's, Jesus comes, steps on the scene and says, I am the one and he proves it. And he does it. And then he raises and then he gives his mission to a bunch of misfits like me and you. Because he wants to use the foolish things of the world to proclaim his message, his good news. 
So to look at salvation, we look all the way back at how we fell in the garden, how we disobeyed and how sin has impacted all of mankind. But then yet through God's rescue plan, how could he rescue us? He had to send himself. Fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, the great I am. And we can look at that forever and ever and ever. And so it is simple to understand. I am saved, but yet deep to still marinate on and marvel at and be like, oh my goodness, I'm saved. I pray there's a fresh marvel in this place, like a fresh dose of beholding. Not just wake up. No, we have been set free. And if you don't know Jesus today, the bad news is horrific. That we'll never be good enough. And that when we die, we'll be separated from God, not because he's unjust, but because he's just and he's perfect. And since he's so perfect, nothing of guilt or disobedience can enter his presence. And if it ended there, it would be so bad. And we would deserve it because we disobeyed. We're guilty. But yet God is so rich in mercy that he sent his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. The good news is so beautiful that anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth will be set free by what Jesus did. I can't earn that. That's a free gift called grace. And we become born again, a spiritual truth. That's why when we get baptized, it's a symbolic display of what's taken place inwardly to tell the whole world, "Mm, I'm no longer who I was. I am in Jesus. That is worth telling the whole world about. That's the good news. So the good news is God won't cast you away. He's still saying, come back home today. And it's as simple as, man, God, take my life. And so what do I do? And say, okay, I want to grow in this thing. All right, I'm, I'm understanding salvation a little bit. Wow, I'm, I'm there again. We got to go back to those moments. We got to go back to when we were there saved and somebody who came today. Today is your moment. Like, what must I do to be saved? When the weatherman gets on or weather woman, I want to be politically correct. I don't want to get an email. So the weatherettes, because we got, we got to accept all people. I'm in. I'm in. I'm acceptance. Let's do this. But here's the thing. The weather person, and there might be robots at some point, but when they tell you it's going to rain, they don't buy you an umbrella. It's up to the hearer to respond. So we don't have the heavy lifting when we share the gospel, we share the good news. It's up to the person to respond. They don't have to. And Jesus is just so beautiful, I love talking about him. We pay to play seven days a week. Route two, uh, the source. We need, just like a plant would need sunlight, water, the right soil, um, nutrients in the soil. I'm not sure exact how the compound would work, nitrous, phosphate, all that, and make sure in different soil for different crops. Um, but I do know this, that, that, that nutrients are needed for growth, and in order for us to withstand the storms of life, we need growth from heaven. We need the source of life depositing in us today. And how, what would that look like? Well, it looks like Jesus, because not all roots are equal. Now, in some plants' growth, there's this thing called the taproot, where the, the root The primary root is in the center, and it grows straight down, and then other roots grow laterally off of it. 
That's a picture of what Christianity looks like. It is all about Jesus, and then my whole life grows outside of Jesus. It all goes. But, but I would venture, and this isn't to, to, to like um, get in your Wheaties in a bad way, but, th- but this is to challenge us for a second. Do we wear Jesus like a pin, like I, we voted for him? Or do we wear him like a garment, like, oh, he's cute, you know, for a minute? Or is he the central focus of our life? That means all decisions I make have got to flow through him, for him. And oh, it, that's, that's tough, isn't it? But it's worth it. It'll be the only thing that lasts. We can test our works now or watch God test them later. All works will be tested by fire. How do we do that? We abide. We stay in the source through Bible, prayer, and worship. And the Father's patient. Because we need to eat daily. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall never thirst. If we're thirsty or hungry today, you're in a great place. Because the bread of life is here. And he never runs out. And he never has stale bread. But it is a daily thing. Jimmy John's bread is good when you have it the day of. Okay next day, but horrible a week later. Some of us, we're walking off week old bread. We had, oh, I had a word last Sunday. It felt good on that word. And God's not a God of word. He is the word and he's available all the time. It's not a word. He is the word. He, he is present all the time. And it's so neat because you have an inexhaustible supply, an unlimited source that never runs dry, always ready to meet you. Come on, somebody. That's good. I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. People didn't know. Are we in class? Are we preaching? I didn't know where to clap. I don't know what to say. Um, uh, number three, this root manifested in Jesus' followers' lives. This is a root that we grow in forever. And this is a tough one. I'm preaching the choir here because you came. You believe in church. But, but for a lot of followers of Jesus, and even some of us, maybe that next step where we don't want to get really connected because we want the beginning experiences of community, but we don't want to genuinely be intentional for common unity together. It might be limited to our family only, which is a tribal expression. It could be shallow in the way that we're like, all right, I did the deed, I came to church, I'm out. But here's the point of why we even meet today. And we're not a church building, we're a church people that God is building. There's a difference. We aren't utility bills. We are the living, breathing, alive power of Jesus to the world. The kingdom lives in us. Through our jobs, in our family life, in everything we do, the kingdom is in us. We have to see community in church this way because then... It won't be limited to a Sunday, nor will it be forced that each one of us have to move in together. But we'll start thinking, how can we be more intentional together? Because the point of meeting together, Hebrews 10 says in verse 24, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works. It means when we get together, be like, hey, don't give up loving. You keep loving. You keep loving. I know that they, they feel unlovable, but you keep loving. You keep loving them. You keep hugging I don't want to do good today. Man, you keep doing good. Come on, when's the right time to do good? Always. We just keep doing good. 
not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. And I empathize with this because why do you want to meet if you're always getting hurt by your brothers and sisters? So a healthy community is important, but there is no substitution for community. God intended for us to do this together. There's no Rambo Christianity. There's no lone survivor. There's no like no leaders around. That's just not how this thing works. We're in this together. We're a family. We're on mission and we're at war. And the point is we want to encourage one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. That means we're going to keep saying, I want to pump something in your heart until Jesus comes back. In fact, we should be more passionate. We talk, a lot of times when we read scriptures, we're like, well, 2,000 years ago, Apostle Paul said, yeah, 2,000 years ago, Jesus said that we would do greater things today. Apostle Paul was saying, look at what Jesus is doing through him. But I think if he was here today, he'd be saying, you guys are even closer. Why you, how did you lose steam? That's why when you, when we look at the global church, when they're under adversity, they rise up. Have you ever noticed in your life when something hits the fan and then finally you accept that, that, that calling and that mission and you, and you rise up to heights you didn't even know you could? Because sometimes comfort is the enemy of growth. We have to get uncomfortable. Parents in the room, you remember when your kids start crying because their leg hurts, right? What's happening in that moment? Growing pains. Ah, oh, my leg just hurts. And in that moment, we can't stunt growth. We got to encourage growth pour some ibuprofen down their throat or, you know, a set of men of feet, something to get through the night, but we don't want them to quit growing. Pain can be an indicator that it's okay to grow, and in the church, there will be pain. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that, because there is pain. And it goes all ways. It's not top down only. I mean, it's, it's bottom left, bottom up. I mean, Sometimes we walk in here, we got friendly fire galore. And what would it look like if we were back to back and we remember not only do we have a common Lord, but we have a common enemy. And it's not me and it's not you, it's the devil. And we encourage each other to put our bullets where they're best used because the gates of hell will not prevail against us. There's only one entity that Jesus is coming back for. You know what it is? His, his church. Thanks for the one person listening. Thank you. <laughs> Come on, everybody knew that one. And maybe some, who's he coming back for? Me? Is it, he's coming back for his church. We. Many languages, many people groups, many styles of food, many styles of church, many styles of songs. It's going to be cool. Many styles of sport. It's going to be really neat. Still praying to see if MMA is going to be in heaven. I don't think so, but. Uh, Route four. If we start looking at our life with Route four, first, we're going to get in trouble because we're looking at the outside in. When God wants us to work the inside out for it to flow out of us. So Route four is a byproduct of spending time with Jesus, abiding with Jesus. And as we bear fruit, there's a quality of heaven that takes place. You know, the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we go to that real quick. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So these are the qualities when people get close to us they should taste. 
But if we were looking at our lives, well, how, how can we quantify that for the metrics? And we go back and we see, for we are his workmanship. We got to remember that Christ created in Christ Jesus for good works. So we got something to do, y'all, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So any person that thinks, well, I don't know if I got special gifts, lies. We all got a special gift, each one of us. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead. It's dead. That means we can talk it, but we don't, if we don't walk it, it ain't real. But wait, I thought we're saved by grace alone. We are. And as we recognize that, it naturally means we want to walk. The world too often is known us for just our talk. Now, Christians, they talk so much. They talk all the time. They, got an opinion. they tell me what they're against all the time. I think why people are so excited about the Love the City truck is because it's not that, that they're, they're um, angry at the church. I think it's just that the first time they're, they're seeing a church, so they might celebrate it. And that's not knocking the church. I love her. I've been guilty of it so many times, talking it more than I walked it. I remember when we started the church, I was so convicted because we're doing tutoring in the inner city schools and we're tutoring there and I'm speaking Christianese. I'm realizing how crazy I've gotten off. I can't even talk normal in a, in a secular setting where you can't say Jesus every second. I can't, I, I'm fumbling through sentences just to say, what's up, I love you. And it was crazy. And it started to t show me maybe I got to get even further to be a friend of sinners and then speak in stories and remember that that's what Jesus did and, and then teach more along the way as people make the commitment to say, hey, I want to be in the 12. I want to get rooted, okay? Get rooted. So how do we do this? We, um, we serve, we share, and we give. And so we're serving. Today is a great day. Say yes. I don't know if I can. Oh, look, you could say no to a lot of things. What would it look like if you believed you were made for this? I want to join the dream team today. We got food. We got get connected after service. We got a great plug that the sermon includes this today. It's awesome. You might not know where you could fit. Well, that's okay. There's Kid City. There's worship. There's connections. There's get stuff done. Oh, isn't there other ways? It's a great place to start. Because Sunday, I mean, it might only be once a quarter. It could be once a month. And I don't know. I don't want to say hi to somebody. Say hi to somebody. I don't know if I want to check in little kids. What? They're little kids. I don't know if I want to take care of the kids in the room. They're awesome. I don't know if I want to wear a goofy costume like Ashton. And then I think Jerome Cyrus, our oldest, was wearing a dino costume. <laughs> it was so cool. You know what's so neat about this dream team? And I know I'm speaking to the best people on the planet is I saw Ashton get in the goofy costume, but he was already Googling goofy sounds and what he says so that he could fully get into character. And I thought, oh, man, that's amazing. Why? Because he wasn't just serving. He was taking it to the next level. He was seen as an opportunity to really love on the one. And that's really what bearing fruit is. It's an opportunity to, to serve. It's an opportunity to share the gospel to people. You think, oh, I could never share the gospel to people. Look, what would stop us from telling somebody the good news that they can live forever? What would stop us? Think of something. What, what, what would stop us? Ourselves? What, what's, what's another feeling we would have? What? Doubt? Fear. Right? Fear's a big one. Are they going to accept me? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? If we were giving out money like crazy right now, 
Love the city bags. Everybody likes that because it's like, here you go. Here's a bag. Here's a bag. Here's a bag. Or here's a gift card. Here's a gift card. What about when it's really uncomfortable and you're sitting there and God tells you to tell somebody that Jesus loves them? You're like, just go through it. Fumble through it. Just shake and be like, I'm nobody. God changed my life. Look, I want to tell you somebody. Jesus is real. You may think that's crazy, but, but he loves you. And, and uh, where are you at with Jesus? Just let that hang. <laughs> let it hang. And you'd be surprised. Tears things that happen, people in the room that come to City Life now just from eating a burger at McDonald's and watching the kids play in the playland, just having conversations, taking it to the next step. And I fumble through this many times, and I've missed many opportunities. And I, they're not forced. They're patient, but we got to listen. And they're not all the time, but they're definitely some of the time. So let's, let's remember that we're called to bear fruit. We're called to serve. We're called to share, and we're called to give called to give. I mean, give big. Give big. Give crazy big. Be thinking so big. What's the legacy we could leave financially even? Not only to our kids, but to our church and to the global church. Okay, route five, and we're going to do a little work as we close. If worship team, if you guys could come up. You guys still with me? Poke your neighbor. Say, hey, hey. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. Be like, hey. Wait. Come on. You ain't trying to date them. Chill out. Let's start your date. Don't be afraid of Christian Mingle. <laughs> ChristianMingle.com. It's probably better than Tinder. Someone's like, wait. Hey, you'd rather be in like at least a Christian platform to, to pursue and be intentional to be found. No shame in the game. We got to talk about these things because God ultimately wants us to grow. He doesn't want the enemy to get more growth in our soil than he does. There's no topic God's scared of. Any temptation, God, God's not scared of one topic. He wants to be present. Parents in the room, you want your kids to talk to you about everything they're feeling? Our dad does too. And one of the things we miss is Route 5 is to be saved is one thing, but then to still say I'm messing up along the way, I need tending. Oh, dang, I got my garden ready. I came back a week later, and there's weeds. There's bugs. Because the same grace that's saving us is the same grace that's saving or saved us is the same grace that's saving us. And it is so, so good. And here's how we got to remember. This is the theme verse for this year. The Lord disciplines the one he loves. Oh, what do we hear when we hear discipline? Like, oh, dang it. Oh, but what about if we read it this way? The Lord loves the one, Jerome. And therefore, he disciplines out of love. Because that's how it's framed in love, for love. And starts with love, disciplines in there, but it, it's all about love. And so it's an act of God's love. And in James chapter 5, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has a great power as it is working. Here, here's how this plays out. When we confess our sin to God, we are forgiven instantly. But God has built into the, the game plan that as we confess our sins to each other, healing really takes place. Now, 
We're scared to confess our sins to one another because somebody put us on blast. You ever told someone something and then you heard about it from three other people down the road? Like, ah, oh, that's not what it is. Confession in a healthy way should, the, love covers a multitude of sin. The whole goal should always be to cover, to correct, to restore, not to judge, not to condemn, but to healthy get somebody back up. Be like, man, I want to call greatness out of you. That's not who you are. I want to encourage you. I want to stir you up to love. I want to stir you up to good works because I want to encourage you because Jesus is coming back. Remember? Remember he called you? This ain't who you are because the enemy is a liar. He is always speaking lies. He's always speaking lies. Look, you gave in to him for a moment. It's okay. It's not who you are today. And it's definitely not going to be who you are tomorrow. Some of us got to hear that today. To tend today. Not the big sins, I mean the little ones, the gossip, the doubt. We're, like we can doubt, but, but living in doubt, it's sin. We're not supposed to be wavering. We're supposed to be fixed in faith. We gotta feed our faith, feed our faith, grow our faith, grow our roots so deep, so deep. Root six. When we have a, a mentor or a bigger tree we can look at, it is the follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. And following is a good thing. We want to teach everyone to be a leader. We're all leaders, okay? But great leaders are great followers. And if we can't learn, and we can't take the posture of a student, we're never going to have the breakthrough we want. And I'm, I'm ashamed to admit sometimes in my life I've stunted my growth because I wouldn't get the appropriate mentors to say the tough things in my life. And because I was too timid, too insecure, I wouldn't let them lead me. And, and I had my reasons why I don't want to be led. Sometimes people could, like the person I met, and they're like, oh, are you a youth pastor? I was like, oh, like that can happen sometimes. Like, oh, I don't want to be led by him. He's so young or he dresses like a rapper. And, uh, and that's okay. We're in this thing together. We do have to be led. And it's worth following. It's beautiful. So today I pray that there's a reset if you've been hurt by leaders, if you've been hurt by your parents, if you've been hurt by a boss, that there's a reset today to get mentors in your life, someone that's got good relationships, submit to them. Somebody who's leading in scripture and prayer, submit to them. Somebody who is so rooted, maybe in your group leader, you think that they're not smart enough, but if they're in the role and they're in the seat, that I can learn and follow them. Not everything they do, but just follow as they follow Christ. Oh, it's good, right? Come on, it's good. And then root seven, and we're gonna close in prayer of how this hits us. This is what it's all about. It doesn't end with me. How whack would it be if the pastor got up here and told you how healthy he was or how healthy she was and was like, see ya. Just wanna tell you all the things I've been doing. I just want to tell you how healthy I am. Thanks for coming to church. The whole point of us even getting healthy is because we want more people to get healthy. And in our context in America, we have one of the greatest luxuries of serving Jesus, but because of the space that we can operate in, 
we can deceive ourselves that we're actually living this thing. Because ultimately, we want to reproduce it not only in our family, but others. You can't force this hand. You don't naturally become the, the leader overnight where people are just ready to follow. But, but out of that moment of intentional, if you really say, Lord, take my life, consume me. I want to reproduce disciples. I want to reproduce what you've poured into me. I want to get poured into so I can get healthy and then I can pour into others. And one of the biggest game changers, 10x people in the room, multipliers, get this, as we teach, we multiply our life more than any other way. You want instant conviction, instant accountability? Start teaching. You want instant retention? Open up your life, not just to follow, but to say, okay, I'm going to lead a group, and then or I'm going to follow in a group, and then one day I'm going to lead a group. I don't know the Bible that well. I'm going to start trying to lead it at home. I, I'll let you in on something. I feel sometimes better on Sunday morning, I can preach to a large crowd, than trying to preach to our t- five kids under 10. Trying to show them what this means in the scriptures. Well, it's kind of like this, and... What? God's doing it. God will do it through you. Okay, so here's what the roots are. Here's where we're at. The roots are simply an opportunity for us to look in the mirror and say, what do we want more of? Where do we need some growth? Will you stand with me and sing this song, Consume Me? And whatever root challenged you today, think about that. Think about what God is doing. And we're going to pray, we're going to close, and I'm going to remind you where to get that Get Rooted material, because hopefully today sparks something like, oh, okay, I got to get back to the basics. I got to get back to the basics. But let it start with the prayer of consume me in these areas. God, consume me. Consume every root in my life. Consume every part of my life. God, I want to be rooted to withstand the storms of life. Consume me, Lord. for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.